1: How can prayer be dangerous? That's the question we're asking today on Your Next Step with Pastor Doyle Jackson. I'm Pastor Doug, small groups pastor along with Pastor Doyle. Pastor Doyle, dangerous prayers doesn't seem to make sense.
0: Yeah, no, I think so. I'm, I'm thinking about all the dangerous prayers that I've prayed um, I forget the country artist that, that said, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Oh, yeah, Garth, Garth Brooks. Brooks, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's because he you know, would pray to marry this person, and then it would fall apart, and he would like, oh, God, thank you very much for answering that prayer. Not answering that Not prayer. Not answering that prayer. I think there's dangerous prayers because there's, there's these prayers, when you and I lean into them, it changes the trajectory of our lives. Mm. I, I remember my mom and dad. When they were early in their Christian faith, they made a decision to get on their knees before they went to bed at night for a long time, and they prayed, Lord, don't let us waste our lives. And they're in their 80s now, and I'm watching them, and they're still praying every day. My mom and dad get up every day, and they go to church. They meet with a group of friends uh, 40 to 60 people every day get together to pray wow. in corporate prayer. It's, it's very much like the New Testament. And they're praying dangerous prayers all the time. They're praying that God will move in our nation, that God will move in Israel because they know that... Um, our lives are connected to the, the literal land of the nation of Israel. And so there's some dangerous prayers out there, and that's what we're going to dive in today. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about these, so we are just about to get to it.
1: But before we do, we want to remind you we got a free resource for you this month. We'll give you the details here in just a couple of minutes. For now, though, let's get to this message, Pray First Dangerous Prayers.
0: Well, we're in our series and it's called Pray First, okay? Pray First is one of our core values. It's our fourth core value. This is what it means. It means that we want prayer to be your first choice. We want prayer to be your gut reaction. We have this saying, pray first, ask questions later. We don't want prayer to be the last choice in our list of solutions. We want God to be at the top. So that means we want to to pray about everything in our life. We want to pray first about what's going to happen today. We're going to pray about our lives, the direction, everything about it. We want prayer to be our first gut reaction. We're going to talk about dangerous prayers. And and I believe that this is really key. It's essential to what we need right now as a people and as a nation. I've I've been in... uh, been in church all my life. Uh, I, I've been a part of the church. And I can honestly tell you that I believe that the church in America has been in decline for some time. And, and, and along with that, you need to understand something. I love the church. I'm for the church. When I, when I came here in 1998 to be the pastor of this church, we were considered a church in the midst of mainline decline. The church, year after year, had, had lost more people than it had gained. We were down to about 110 people on a weekend at worship. We have well more than that in the room right now. We, we had it last night. We've had it this morning. We, we have uh, so many more people a part of the church. You say, well, what, what's your point? I became a pastor here in a church that was dying because I believed the church needed... Uh, God's love, and that the church is valuable, and we're for the church, all right? But at the same time, I'm telling you right now, in America, we're, we're in kind of a downward spiral as a church, and, and the reason, I believe, is because something has happened in our culture that, that we believe that it would be better for us if we were just quiet. That if the church would stay quiet, stand in the corner, and, and not create too much of a Disturbance. It would be better off for everybody. And our culture has wanted you and I to be quiet. And, and, and in my lifetime, I've, I've seen prayer uh, taken out of schools. That's, that's the big thing a lot of people talk about. We, we talk about several other issues. But, but in the midst of that crisis, what we've seen is the world has said that we would really like to do life without God increasing this desire for secularism and relativism and, 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 and just let's put God to the side. And the church has been willing to, to say that, well, we don't want to do anything to intimidate you. (laughs) Really? What's so intimidating about prayer at school? And so you and I need to grab our courage and put it on and we need to stand a little taller and we've got to push back. We've got to begin to say, I'm glad to see that prayer is welcomed to the public square in America again and I'm for it. It's not something that needs to happen only on Sunday morning in a church. It needs to happen. Now that's why pray first is our core value. You've been here. Those of you who have been here for years, you've known, I told you, if you walk into Walmart, you meet somebody and they share something with you, you pray for them right there in Walmart. But you can, you can stand in the aisle and say, hey, I want to pray for you. Can we do that right now? And if you and I will, will, will take the courage of the knowledge of the living God and we share it with the world around us, it's Powerful. So, Pastor, what, what do you mean by dangerous prayers? Well, see, part of the problem is this the church has so, so, I don't know, pulled back that they want to be liked by the world so much that, that that there are certain prayers that we're unwilling to pray because if I pray that prayer, you know, it might change the course of my life. And, you know, I kind of like the way that my life is going right now. And I wouldn't want God to mess that up. Do you hear what you're saying? The idea that God could mess up your life. Let's be honest. If there's somebody that's been messing up your life, it's the person in the mirror. The biggest problem in Doyle's life is Doyle. It's not Jennifer. It's not my kids. It's not the church next door, right? See, the biggest problem is when I try to take control of my life and I don't allow God to God to be the throne of my heart and my life. And so these these four prayers that we're going to look at today, they're considered dangerous because people don't really want God to be in the lead. And the reason that the church in our world is struggling today is because they don't really want God to run their life. They like God running their life. And they don't want the standards of God. They don't want the principles of God. They don't want his power and authority to rule on the throne of their hearts. That's why these prayers are considered dangerous. Are you ready? All right, let's go. First dangerous prayer. All right. The first dangerous prayer, the prayer of direction, So this prayer is the prayer for God's will. This is about God, I surrendered my life to you, and God, I'm trusting you to direct my life. Now, now the reason, the reason that we're a little hesitant to pray for direction is we, A, like the direction that it's going, and we want what we want. B, let's be honest here, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, if you'll be honest with yourself, and we'll be, the one, the other reason is, We think we're pretty smart and I don't need God to weigh in. See, I think I know what's best for me and, and God, see, we don't want to do. I remember, I remember when I was a a youth pastor in Cincinnati and I, I took one of our students to lunch, uh, this young man, he was so smart He was was well-educated. He came from a fine, godly, Christian family. And and he already had his his life all mapped out for himself between his parents' interaction, and I'm not saying all of that was healthy, nor was it all bad. If you're a teenager, you better listen to your parents. I'm not saying that, okay? But, But he thought that he could control his life. I remember looking at him and I said, well, I just have one question for you. What's that? I said, Have you ever prayed about whether or not God would want you to serve Him for the rest of your life? He paused for a second. He said, No, I haven't prayed that prayer. I said, Well, I want you to know something. I think you would make a great pastor and that you should consider that. He said, Oh, my parents would never go for that. They would not want me to be a pastor. They've orchestrated my life. And I said, That's the problem. And you need to know, one of the problems in the American church is that parents don't want their children to go into ministry because they wouldn't want that. And I'll let you fill in the blank, why not? Is it about the paycheck? Is it it about the fact that they would have to identify as a Christian? You tell me why. It used to be, it used to be in America that that one of the highest callings that your child could come to is to serve the Lord for the rest of their lives. See, part of the reason, part of the reason that we don't ask God's direction is this we don't want to pay the freight of having to give up what we want when we want it. And see, that's the real danger of asking God for, how about this? If you're in a relationship right now, okay, those of you that are in, listen, if you're married, you're in a relationship, but you don't need to be asking direction. Okay. The direction for you is to work on that relationship. But if you're, if you're dating or you're considering dating somebody, you need to ask the question, God, is this the relationship you have for me? And see, some of us are like, oh, no, I don't want God weighing in on who I marry. Really? That's strange to me. I have people, they, they call me after the wedding. Two years, three years, seven years, you name it. They call me after the wedding. And they're like, can you help us in our marriage? I said, I can, I'm gladly help, help you in your marriage. And I said, so did you pray about it before you got married? I remember I would ask God about relationships. And I was in a relationship one time and I was praying. And I said, God, uh, this, this relationship, I uh, just want to put it before you. Is, is uh, Should I continue in this relationship? And the Lord said to me, he said, uh, no, I think it's gone as far as it should go. I said, oh, wow. Okay, Lord, I received that. And I, and I went and I broke up. Now, let me just say something to you. I did not look at this young lady and I say, this is before Jennifer. All right. So all of you that are worried right now, she's been a part of this conversation. Okay. I did not go to this young lady and say, God told me to break up with you. What kind of sicko says that? Don't raise your hand. Some of you've done it. See, now, let me tell you something. If somebody looked at me and said, God told me to break up with you, I would say, thank you, Jesus, because that kind of crazy I don't want to be with for the rest of my life. (laughs) Right? But what you do is, some of you right now, you're like, well, how how do you break up with somebody? You say, well, I want you to know you're a wonderful person, but I don't think I'm ready to continue in this relationship. Now, that is no problem. It's zero problem. It's zilch problem if you haven't done anything inappropriate in the relationship.
1: We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. So, Pastor Doyle, this month we have put together a resource that we believe will bring people closer to God. We want as many people as possible to have it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it?
0: Well, I think when we're trying to grow in our faith, there's several things that we need to learn about our relationship with God. And so in any relationship, it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. But we don't know how to have that conversation with God. That's what prayer is. It's just talking to God. And so this free resource, it's called the Axe Method, all right? It's to help you get going in your prayer life. We Sometimes we need to go, and we're asking God for stuff. And then other times we just need to be in his presence and talk to him about how he is the great God. He's a wonderful God. We need to adore him. It's all in this prayer method. And we want to help you do that to get in the habit of praying and seeking the lord that's what it's about yeah we've learned how to make
1: conversation with each other we may not realize that we've learned it but we have we need to learn how to make conversation with god as well this acts method i picked it up early in bible college have used it for years and years yeah. it really is a great way to enter into that kind of conversational prayer
0: Yeah, it'll encourage you because you'll begin to feel like, okay, am I covering all the bases? And we've got all four bases, and uh, you're going to get to home plate in your relationship with God. So go get the Pray First Acts Method uh, today.
1: Yeah, we really want you to have it. It is at DoyleJackson.com. Give us your email. You will get access to the PDF. For the Pray First Acts Method free resource, go to DoyleJackson.com.
0: Let's continue with your next step. If you've treated that person with value, but you haven't used them as your sexual partner, see, if you follow the biblical standard, you can have a relationship with somebody that be healthy, value them healthily, and you can, you can end that relationship and still be their friend. You can see them at church in the neighborhood, and guess what? Not a problem. See, direction becomes important about what job you choose. I have people, they, they, they move away. They, they, they pick jobs and they pick new homes. And, and I say, so tell me, how did that prayer look like? Oh, no, we just knew what we were supposed to do. I've never, never not prayed about where I live. I've never not prayed about what job I have. I've never not prayed about Everything in my life, he he can give me direction. I pray about crazy things. What dishwasher to buy? And he provides the right one for me. Listen to David. This is is from 2 Samuel chapter 5. As David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered him, go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went. Notice the obedience. See, some of you are not asking for God's direction because you kind of have a gut level feeling already. Something might not be right about this and I might have to do. See what I'm saying? You don't, but David was obedient. We're reading through the Bible. and In Abraham, it says, leave, leave where you are and go to the land I'm showing you. And he promptly obeys. One of the things I did a couple years ago when I was reading through the Bible, every time someone, God spoke to them, I underlined it. And then I wrote in, this, in the margin, prompt obedience. And there is a hallmark of godly people. They expect God to direct them and they promptly obey. They don't wait six months and like, you know, they, they know God told you to break up and six months later, you're still in the relationship trying to figure out how to get out. Can I say this? Do not be mean to the other person so they break up with you. That is not a Christian approach to break up. See what I'm saying? David is saying, God, uh, should I go into battle? Keep listening to him. He keeps asking God for direction through the So David inquired of the Lord and he answered, do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the troops of the poplar trees, move quickly, Because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. See, you and I, we have to get in the habit that when we're making decisions in life, that we go to God. If you want to have the best life in this world, if you will get to know the creator that designed you for life, he understands you. So the word is a part of that. And prayer then becomes a part, God help me how to live the best life you have for me. He will direct you in that. And as you're reading through the Bible, you're going to be shocked at how many people get good direction from God. And and this is why it becomes important to you and I as a church. All right. Now, why do people think this is dangerous? The reason they think the prayer of direction is dangerous is because it is dangerous to you having your way. And some of the ways that you and I have are ungodly and we have to abandon those. And that's why they think it's dangerous. But for the church, not dangerous. For the people who are already sold out for Jesus, not a dangerous prayer because God's best is what I want every time. And God's best, I'll give him my best. Okay. Second dangerous prayer. All right. The prayer of deliverance, the prayer of deliverance. Now, the reason this is so frightening is because, well, what if there really is a spiritual problem here? And, and we don't like the idea of something spiritual going on that we don't have control over? Listen, the, the spiritual realm is real. You and I cannot deny that. And so the idea of praying for deliverance, it's like, well, that means. I might have some sort of spiritual force that's impacting my life. Yes, you can be impacted by spiritual forces, all right? Every human being has a spirit. You have a spirit, I have a spirit. If I try to force you to do something, I'm actually using my spirit or my body to compel you to do something. You're living with the reality that spiritual forces... Forces can come against you. What most people don't understand is that when I or you, when we get involved with something that is ungodly, let's say you and I, and I don't want to imply anything, but, but let's say you and I begin to allow a sin to entertain our thoughts, and, and we begin to kind of play with that. I have a friend that um, years ago, he got into an affair with a coworker and he said, I can tell you when it started. I said, tell me. He said, she laughed at one of my jokes at work one day. And he said, as I heard her laugh, I thought, wow, she laughs at my jokes. I don't think my wife laughs at my jokes anymore. And he said, that was the beginning of the end of my marriage. You say, well, what does that have to do with spiritual things? Well, this is what happens. When you and I begin to believe ungodly thoughts, can I say something about sin? Every every one of us that entertains sin, we do not imagine that it would have a permanent effect on our life. We always think sin is temporary. But if you entertain sin... If you, if you allow it to have its, have its way, it's going to hang around. And this is what I've seen in my life. An ungodly approach, an unholy or a sinful approach to life is like cracking the door of your home. Open it up. You let it in. Now, you may, you may later say, now get out, you know, I, no, I, that's not good. And you try to shut. But what happens is every time you open that door for a sin, you're letting that in and you're letting a spiritual force behind that sin come in. This is why you and I welcome the Holy Spirit of God into our life, into our home. Okay. And what I've seen in people's life is this, something that became a, a sin for a little while, welcomed them to a spirit. And other people, they, they got into such a habit, it just, they just took the door off the hinges and threw it to the side, and that sin can come and go anytime. And when we talk about deliverance, people will always say, well, do you believe, believe that it's a, 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 it's a spirit that, that is oppressing you, or it's, it's just coming, or it's, it's full-on possession? I'm telling you, it's like the door. It depends. If you allow an ungodly spiritual force to run your life, it will stay as long as you let it. And deliverance is a de- declaration that you're no longer going to let it have its way in your life. Let me, let me give you some other examples. When, when, when you begin to think, well, I want to know the direction for my life, and you go to a source other than the Holy Spirit, and you're like, I need to know direction. And so you get out your horoscope, you go to a palm reader, you, you, start, you start doing 1-800 numbers to talk to psychics. You're asking a spirit other than the Holy Spirit for direction in your life. When you start looking at the stars, when you start, no, 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 no. You're looking to a spirit other than the Holy Spirit. That's dangerous. You're not just cracking the door, you're opening the door. And so now an unholy spirit is directing your life. That's dangerous. When people believe that they can play with spirits, it's not good, okay? Don't do Ouija boards. Don't do table tipping. I could go on and on. Anything to do with the occult is opened you up to, well, pastor, I did that years ago. Good. You go back and you clean up the mess and you kick it out. You say, God, forgive me. I should have never done that. I break any curse that that would bring on my life. I break the hold of my life through the power of the blood of Jesus. God, forgive me. That was wrong. That was a sin. I declare that Jesus and your Holy Spirit are the only thing directing my life. You say, Pastor, uh, help me with this. Okay, look to Jesus. Open your Bibles. Open your notes right here. Matthew 8, 28 and 29. And when he, Jesus, came to the other side of the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men confronted him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out, saying, what what business do you have with us, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? There's there's several things in this passage, and I, I don't have time to fully unpack it. I would like to. Number one, notice that the demons recognize God and Jesus. Number two, recognize they realize that Jesus had authority over their life and recognize they expect God to torment them one day. You've been listening to Pray
1: First Dangerous Prayers. Dangerous prayers, uh, it really is something, Pastor Doyle.
0: Yeah, I believe that uh, prayer will change your life, and that's dangerous because most of us don't want changes uh, in that way. But once you get the courage up to begin to pray those, they'll change your life. And so now I'm a dangerous prayer person. Yes,
1: I'm a dangerous prayer person, too. But think about that. We are working with God when we pray. I really yeah. believe that's what happens, is that we he's delegated some authority, some, uh, some power to us, and we are exercising and saying, we're going to change things around us. And that does get
0: dangerous, but it's awful good as well. Well, when the kingdom comes in, it pushes back darkness, and it, it opens a new way for other people to get freedom. And sometimes the enemy doesn't like it. That's partially why it's dangerous. I mean, think how many times they prayed in the New Testament, and they went into a new place, and then suddenly they're being kicked out of town. You know, when you and I say yes to God, it will sometimes increase the persecution in our life. It will increase some of these things. So we don't want to be afraid. That's why we're going to talk about it in this series. So come back tomorrow. Uh, and be a part of this lesson as we continue to talk about Pray First.
1: And if you don't want to wait until tomorrow, we do have a catalog of shows, podcasts, episodes that we have done together. You can go to DoyleJackson.com, and you can find a list of those, or you can just go to your podcast provider, wherever you like to get your shows. Search Doyle Jackson. We will pop up, and you'll be able to listen to more. Your next step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit DoyleJackson.com and click Give. That's DoyleJackson.com. You can also send a check to The Church Next Door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F E D E R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888 644 4034. That's 888 644 4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time
0: for your next step.